When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Are we ready? We're ready. Are we starting? We are starting. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Father Knows Something. Do you know what I know? Do you know what I know? What do you know? I know that I have my two of my three children here. My two youngest. Yeah. I have Morgan Ashley's. Take a bow. Hello, hello. Mr. Taylor Ashton, take a bow. Say hi. Hello, people. Oh, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Not often we get Taylor in town, but we got him now. So We do. Let's see what he's... How'd you get here? I drove 30 hours. Jerry met me in Denver, and that was just a treat. It was. Why was it a treat? Because yeah. father knows something. <laughs> he knows that it's too hot in the car. He knows you're when you're so sassy. Not he knows when you're going 84 miles an hour or 104 miles an hour in one case. Law. I hope you're listening. Uh, what else does he know? They can't pull you over if they can't catch you. That's it. There you go. So it's great to have Taylor on board for today. He's here to visit for about. I think about. He says two weeks. I'm hoping a month. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. You got a lot of stuff happening in the cooker right now. Yeah, Taylor's currently learning how to edit. He Wonderful. is in editing boot camp, so that's <laughs> been really fun. But today... You want to show them my socks? Well, so what do you have on that one foot of yours? It looks like it's a hospital booty. It is a hospital booty. As you all know, Morgan has been on me to go get checked out inside and out. So Today, the Dad got a colonoscopy. Woo! Thrilling, thrilling, thrilling. But you did fine. You yeah, were scared. I was scared. Justin was my coach. Justin was great. He 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 put me on fifteen minute uh, increments uh, on drinking the the uh, solution. Mm -hmm. It was like a power hour and, timer uh, every fifteen minutes. Yeah, and that went on for like you know three or four hours. It was mm -hmm. pretty. But, but you actually, you didn't do bad drinking that stuff. No, that I, was my fear. And you like made it seem like it was totally fine. You I just, was a trooper. You're good. I'm a trooper. Yeah, you were doing great. And then this morning I got up and uh, did some more. And then you took me to the, you and Taylor both uh, took me to the hospital mm -hmm. where I got to be me, myself and I, until they decided to put me under some profanol in about three seconds of going, yeah, I feel the... <laughs> that was gone. It. That was it. Just gone. You were out. And then I woke up to a wonderful woman named Andrea. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening, Andrea, you're the greatest. Thanks so much for taking <laughs> care of me. And um, Molly, who was my neighbor. I'm she, surprised you remember all of this. She was. She's the one that went under just after I did to get hers done. So I made friends. I made friends in the uh, in post-op and yes. pre-op. And they did find some stuff. So dad had three polyps removed. Two of which were 10 to 20 millimeters, which are on the bigger end. And the last one was under five. And what makes you such an expert? What's the bigger end? I went and looked at a, you did. a lab classifying different types of polyps today. Did you tell them what you tried to do before I even went down there? What you? Oh, I wanted to videotape it for you all. Document it, right? You know? So it's for advocacy and like spreading the word. Like 
if you wouldn't have had those polyps removed today, mm -hmm. we don't know what they could have turned into. We don't know what they are yet. We got pictures though. They didn't give them to me. But they're, they're online. We'll get them. We'll get them. We'll get them. But um, it just goes to show like you don't have any symptoms. You're feeling good. And you had three polyps, two of which were bigger and could turn into something. So it's really important to get checked, especially if your parents are, you know, over the age of 45. It is it is crucial. 66. And we're doing this just in time for March, which is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. So be sure to talk to everyone in your life about getting a colonoscopy, getting screened. It um, is really important. Did you plan this for Colin uh, no. Awareness Week? Just no. happened that way. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you ready to get into them? I'm aware, and now let's go to number one. Guess what? Number one is actually with Justin. Number one. How does my boyfriend ask my dad if he can marry me? I'm a 25 female and my boyfriend is also 25. We have been dating for almost three years now and he tells me all the time he doesn't know how to ask my dad for my hand before proposing. We know it's kind of old school, but it's something we both want to happen. So three months ago, we bought our first house together and we know we're going to get married eventually but a house was more important to us than a wedding. We had been living together for about a year and a half before buying a house. And he's been thinking of proposing, but wants to ask my dad first, and he doesn't know how. He knows it's going to be awkward because I'm not close with my family. We go over to see them about once a month, but I'm not close with my family. I don't talk to them about my life or call them every day, and I know for a lot of people, it's crazy to think that a family isn't close and loving, but my family's just not. His family is super close, so that's why he thinks it is going to be so hard to ask my dad. Going out for breakfast or something wouldn't be a thing with my dad because my family just doesn't do those things, and my dad is very old school and has a cell phone but doesn't know how to use it or where it is half the time. Sounds familiar. I know where mine is all the time. <laughs> hey Siri, where are you? <laughs> So texting my dad, asking him to go out for breakfast or something just wouldn't be a thing. The only way he's thought he could ask my dad when I'm not with him is going to my dad's work. But my boyfriend knows the second he gets to my dad's work, my dad would know something's up because he's never gone there before. My parents are also an hour away from where we live. So my boyfriend would be making a special trip there. It's not like he was just in the area and stopped by to say hi. I know it's a very weird situation and crazy that I'm the one asking. I just didn't know if you had any advice seeing you have a daughter close to my age and would love your input on it. Although you and your family seem very close. Thanks. Let's have some fun with this one, can we? Sure. First of all, uh, I remember a couple little uh, personal things I can apply to this. One is that I actually had to go through the same thing when I was going to ask a woman father for her hand. And then I remember not long ago, you popped up and you came to me. And uh, so Taylor, what do you, uh, you have any ideas on this one? I think you should go first. Oh, thanks a lot. Well, 
there's a couple thoughts that really came to my mind in the beginning. Um, one is to ask, you know, for your hand in marriage. And, you know, the other way is to say, hey, I'd like to join your family, What do you, you know, and then lead up into it. But it's not a problem to go call your dad and say, hey, can I, can I have breakfast with you or get, get to work? Because dads expect this eventually to happen. And you have nothing, no reason in the world not to say to him and say, I'd love to go have breakfast with you. Can we have breakfast together? Something I'd like to talk to you about or whatever. Yeah, it might be nice to bridge this gap. Absolutely. So I say take it head on. Um, go to have breakfast with him. Surprise him at lunch, if, at work if you wish, by bringing him lunch. But he may have a meeting that may not be appropriate. So I think breakfast on a Sunday is better for him. And just uh, say, I want to talk to you. And he'll get it. And he'll be right with you on it. And then he can you, you can... Start by saying, I'd like to be a part of your family and I'd like to be, know if you, how you feel about it. And more importantly, I'd love to share my life with your daughter and grow with, you know, with your daughter. Whatever his words are. Yeah. And uh, how did you do it? Me? Yeah. I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? Uh, I, it flashes in and out. I know. It's, it's, this has got to be a red flag. tough to remember specifics. Huh? This has got to be a red flag. Well, it's interesting because we have it, it seemingly no discussion about problems on that side of the family, but mm -hmm. there's just like a lack of let's get together and do stuff. But like if the guy can't is afraid to ask the dad in her hand in marriage, like what else would he be afraid to do? I just think it, it's a different it's thing. It's more of a delicate scenario. It, it, it's, it's a moment that, you know, you're, you've never crossed this bridge. I remember when I went to Patty's dad and asked him, and they were from Mississippi, and, you know, a small town of 5,000 people, a different lifestyle. And I never had a relationship with him, really. I mean, I, I would say hi to him. He would talk about his hunting. Hunting. His hunting. I mean, it was a different we had two different directions in life. So I didn't know really how to, you know, approach him, you know, and, and he was her dad. I mean, this man down in that, in that world, he was just revered by this family. And so I had to jump in and, you know, with that equal respect and ask him for it. And when I did it, he was talking about the neighbor's dog and all this other stuff. The and, and I'm trying to figure out how do I intro this thing? Oh yeah, because it's just going all over. <laughs> it's everywhere. But when you finally get there, and you know, he received it well, and of course he he gave me his blessing and said he would love to have me as part of their family. How did you eventually get to it? Do you remember? Or just kind of you also black it out? I probably yeah. You know, you're you you have it, it. It we are in an awkward moment, something that we're not used to. True. And, um, you know, I certainly wanted to make it as easy on you. And of course I, there was, wasn't enough, you know, uh, love in my heart for you to, to, you know, to, to be a part of our family. So I think you knew what you were walking into. On that I don't one. think either of us were worried about what the answer would be. I didn't know what the answer would be with him because different lifestyles and you, I just didn't know. No, I mean, like with my situation. Oh, you had an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> who spends hours upon hours, uh, over a hundred episodes, mm -hmm. plus all just the regular lifetime mm -hmm. with their partner's dad before they even get married? Right. That's probably a 
rare situation. Yeah, it it was certainly rare. Ours was was a hundred percent, a hundred eighty degree difference than what I experienced with with Patty's. Or dad. than this situation, or that situation. Because this situation is kind but of. But what's interesting when it didn't work, and and by the way, everybody, it didn't work out. She she dumped me soon after this whole thing. Um, but her mother would call me for years later to wish me happy birthday on my birthday. Funny. Interesting. Probably for, for 10 years, for 10 years afterwards. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's nice to be loved. Yeah. And Have you ever been close to this, Taylor? No. Not like, oh, like, what do I say to him? No, I've, <laughs> I've always been in a relationship where family's important. I have to be close to the in-laws, so say. But I just think, I, I still think it's a red flag. Like if the guy can't go to the dad, what else in life that you're going to face is, is he going to be nervous to do? So if you had gotten to this point with any of the relationships or any future, you're just right for it. Yeah. You're going right. And how are you going to do it, Tay? I, I mean, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> I'm not thinking. Give us gonna, your speech. Yeah. 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 I, mean, you're so, I mean, you're so positive about this content. <laughs> just real role play for what, a moment. What's the worst that's going to happen? He's uh, going to say no. Okay. And then are you not going to marry her? No, you're still going to propose. <laughs> like, that would be an interesting situation. Um, no, I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> okay. Um, that it? Is that all we got I, for her? That's all the info I got here. So again, I'm going to summarize real fast. I just think that he should uh, just point blank confront your dad in a nice way. Say, I'd like to have you know coffee with you or, or breakfast and have the, just have a discussion and just say how, you know, he, what he feels about you and he wants to be a part of the family. And most importantly, he really wants to spend his life and grow, grow through his life with, with his daughter and, and hopefully one day supply you. If, if you guys have had this discussion with grandchildren and that we can be a, a more bonded family. Yeah, that's all I got. Taylor's red flags. I'm glad that's what you got. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got nothing. You got you got nothing over there. I mean, maybe extending this olive branch will help bring this family together a little more. Mm -hmm. Just because it's we're kind of dancing around the fact that they're not close. That whole side of the family just well, isn't close. Well, here's what we want. We want to hear what he did do. So Oh yeah. At the end of the day, you'll have a wonderful life and it will be okay. So let him go take his tackle. We'll have a good laugh on it. I think I had to go snipe hunting at the end of the whole thing. Snipe hunting, you know what that is? Hunting with a sniper? Uh, no, snipe hunting is where they take 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 a, a buddy out in the woods with a bag. And they say, here, there's at night, midnight, these little birdies come out and you got to catch one in a bag. And, but what happens, they take you out in the middle of, of the forest and they all turn around and run away and go back, go back and get drunk. And you're lost in the forest. There's no snipes. Can you imagine him doing that? that what is, how is that connected to this? Are you still on anesthesia? <laughs> no, no, no. This is what, what her father, I had to go do this with her father and her brothers after this whole thing. We have to take him snipe hunting. So you, wow. He gives me his blessing and then they take me snipe hunting. And what I did is I had definitely already knew what sniping. I had a very good idea. What Sounds like was. a fraternity. It was a fraternity prank. And they take me out there and they let me go. And of course they run back to get drunk and they're laughing their asses off. I already knew where I was going back to. I went right back to the house. She and I hunkered down for the night. 
They came back because they couldn't find me. They didn't know where I was. And they came back about four in the morning. They went to her and they said, we can't find them. And she <laughs> said, you go back out and you find them right now. You took them out there. And I was already home in bed. I was there. Very good. Okay. Well, on that note. Don't on... try to outsmart the city boy. Okay. On right. to number two. Here we go. One of this week's partners is Dipsy. When we're stressed, overwhelmed, just busy with life, self-care, wink, wink, oftentimes gets pushed to the side. And it shouldn't. It can feel so good. It can be stress relief. And Dipsy makes it real easy to practice quality self-care. There are hundreds of sexy stories on Dipsy designed to turn you on no matter what your fantasy is. I love some good fairy smut. I also love accents. And I'm such a mental audio type person. So listening to these audiobooks on Dipsy just gets me in the mood. I'm even trying them out with Justin and acting out these things alongside the stories as we hear them. It's just been a really fun way to connect and practice some quality self-care. And I love that Dipsy is so easy to use. There's an app or you can use the browser. And if you're tired of us lulling you to sleep, they also have soothing sleep stories and wellness sessions. So you can really look after yourself. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash FKS. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash FKS. dipsystories.com slash FKS. Link is also in the description. Okay, number two. Hi, I need advice, please. After hearing your story, I feel like you'd be the perfect person for it. Much like your family, my dad isn't my biological father. My dad has been my dad since I was three. I've seen him cry three times. One was a family death, but the other two was when I was six and asked him if I could call him daddy, and the other when I was 17 and asked if I could change my last name to his. For reference, I'm female, 29, my dad, 54, and my sister is 10. My sister is my sister, no half about it. As far as she's aware, our parents are our parents. Recently, we've had a new baby in our family, and she's asked, oh, did mom use a birthing ball for me and Narna? Her nickname for me. She also knows how many years my parents have been together because of their anniversary, but hasn't yet noticed that I'm older. My dad thinks we do need to tell her before she finds out and doesn't understand why we haven't told her. My issue is my dad will do anything he can to protect my feelings in the conversation, but I want to know how I can do the same for him. I need a little advice on how you think this could be said to my little sister. Also to note, I struggle with processing emotions, and this makes it harder for me to read other people's emotions. What can I do to make sure my dad knows he is my entire world and that telling my sister won't hurt me because he's my dad and I'm glad that I got to choose him because I couldn't have chosen anyone better? Well, the one thing that I always believe in is the truth. Now, I would love to have you say, gee, I can change my birth certificate and I'm going to be not uh, 30 anymore, but I'm now 27 years old. (laughs) But, you know, evidently that's, that's not reality and that's not integrity. So I would just tell your dad that whatever he says, that you have the faith in him, that he'll know how to to deliver the message mm-hmm. and the package, that you are one family, 
and that although uh, you and you know you meaning the the number one the first daughter and your mom came first and he came three years later, and although that might be unusual, we we are all one family. We love each other purely, mm-hmm. and it could be as simple as that. I would go to your father and let him know that you have all the confidence and the ability that he'll come up with the right words to 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 deliver the message to your sister mm-hmm. and just have faith in him. You've done, you've had faith in him thus far and that's he'll he'll figure it out at that moment. Well, I think it's also a conversation they could probably do together. Like if this were me and Taylor and we had, you know, another sibling that would have popped up. I don't think it it's really that big of a deal like do you remember even like us having different dads ever really being a thing i remember always knowing um because like he said the truth was always there Mm -hmm. um in this case i feel like there's no one way right way to do it Mm -hmm. you kind of just gotta rip off the band-aid if i wasn't told i think i'd be really mad yeah first of all first of all everyone out there should know that i i have three children and none of my children have the same bio dad what they do have in common is they all have the same uh dad meaning i raised my kids and we were always raised with one family with one thing in 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 total consistency that is your brother that is your sister yeah and that is your other brother we just grew up well and like you know you moved out to california when i was in eighth grade but then it was like still like me and taylor we we had the same mom so it's like There was no half-siblings. I think what's really interesting Mm -hmm. is this writer, too, says we're not half-siblings at all. Mm -hmm. We don't even look at it like that. Like, we're siblings. And I would say that's the same for me and you. It's just we're siblings. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, we have our different family structure, but that doesn't make us any less family. It doesn't make us any less of two siblings that love each other. Mm -hmm. So I think if this were me, like, she's 10. It is time to tell her. Like, I think what you said, Taylor, too, like if you found out later and they continued to like mm-hmm. lie by omission, mm-hmm. you would be really hurt. Yeah. Because it is a big thing. And she's 10. I think she can handle it now. You make it age appropriate. Right. And I and I do believe her father will be able to find the word to say that she had a different dad in the beginning and something, whatever. Look, we don't know if the guy passed. We don't know if they got divorced. We have no idea of those details, Mm -hmm. but I became her, I I met mom. We fell in love and I raised, she is my daughter. Yeah. And so are you. And so is the next, so is the number three. Yeah. We, We are a family. I think a lot of times these big conversations psych us out Mm -hmm. because they feel so scary. They feel like you're going to like shatter someone's like perception but maybe this is just my bias Mm -hmm. but this doesn't have to be a big deal it isn't like i feel like it just becomes like a little piece of knowledge but it shouldn't change how you guys operate Mm -hmm. and how you love each other and you just tell her that you let her ask any questions she wants to know Mm -hmm. and things go on and i think your dad will truly have it let him be the guide he'll be he'll handle it fine he's that's why you love him I think it's like not a big deal, like the situation, but I think it's a big deal that they do tell the truth because mm-hmm. they're not living like a lie. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely time to tell her. And our writer does, you know, say in an ideal outcome, 
advice on how I can lead the conversation so she understands why we told her, but it makes no difference to our family while protecting my dad's emotions because I know he'll put on a front to try to protect my emotions while having so many himself. Mm-hmm. You can cry. It's okay to cry, but it's not, it doesn't change you guys. It doesn't change how much you love each other. And that's what really matters. So it's just, you just have this open, mm-hmm. honest conversation and you do it sooner than later because, you know, yeah. she's getting to an age where she's 10. You're right. If and, you don't tell her now, she's going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. She's going to be upset. Just go to your pop and say, dad, I know you got this. Yeah. I know you got this. I'm right here, right by your side, but I know you got it. Yeah. Okay. You ever say that to me? I know you got it. Yeah. Yeah. You today. Really? You got this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving along. I remember that. Justin's <laughs> coming back in. Number three. Number three. Hey, FKS family. Number three. I love listening to you guys. It brings me so much peace and gives me an escape from life sometimes. Sometimes it does for us too. I need help. I feel so lost and confused. Me, 21 female, and my boyfriend, 23 male, had our baby a few months ago. Congratulations. Things were great. He found a job closer to me and the baby and moved in. However, these past few weeks, things have just gone downhill. It's like I don't matter and I'm only here to benefit him. He is usually off on Fridays and would spend that time with us, whether it was staying home or taking me out for a little break. We live with my grandparents, so they would watch the baby. But now he spends his free time with his friend. He goes for three-hour haircuts, goes out of town, and goes for drives with him. It's been going on for a while, but when I say something I'm controlling, or he says maybe I should go out sometime. I don't have friends. I've lost them all throughout the years. He knows I don't like to go out alone. He also says that he never gets to go out anymore, but when I was pregnant, he would always be out because I'm not going to be able to when the baby gets here. I understand needing to spend time with friends and taking a break, but where's my break? I'm with the baby 24-7, and I love being a mom, but sleep deprivation is getting the best of me as I do all of the overnight wakes because he stopped helping with that. Even when I would have to be at work at 3.45 a.m., I would have to be up with him for every feed. I had to quit because I couldn't do it anymore. 12-hour shifts on top of being up every hour and a half to two hours was consuming me. I feel myself going into a dark place. I have depression. I always have to put on a smile when people are around, but I feel like breaking down every time I'm alone. I try to stay strong for my baby, but he doesn't seem to notice. He's mean and heartless towards me. Everything's my fault. I have feelings that can never be mentioned because it turns into an argument. I don't know what to do. I feel so alone. Wow. Know these symptoms. And the good news is, I don't think they're married, are they? No. So, you know, the reality is, is right now you are dual parents. And the the hard conversation here is just to go to him point blank and say, um, if you want to be dual parents, that's fine. But if you want to be my, you know, my 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 lover or the person in my life, there's got to be a definitely a different uh, plan here because that's this is not the kind of relationship that I want. I want someone who's going to participate and grow 
with this family and not have to go consistently and just be on his own and do whatever the hell. If you want to be a solo flyer, go be a solo flyer. And it, it's the hard, it's the hard thing. I mean, we can always say, you know, we, we, we always love to say, you know, uh, counseling, couples counseling to talk, you know, talk through this and hopefully give some growth. But that being said, um, I really do think there is a hard uh, line you have to take here because it's time for him to grow up. He is now a dad and he might be rebelling against it. Who knows what's going on in his head, but he's not behaving on a man that is, is sharing your life and your baby's life with you and trying to grow as a family. He's, he's out for himself and he's looking to be angry or mean to you because he's in, maybe in his mind, he's stuck in this position. He's blaming you for it where it's not any blame at all. It's a gift. Yeah. So if he doesn't want it, if he doesn't want, if he doesn't want the job, he can check out, kick him out of the house, let him go have his life have a good time with your friends. Bye. And that's being, that's, that's being a tough mom and a tough lover, but uh, that, that's what I see. Now, I'm sure that everyone else may have a different output here. In your turn. I don't like the fact that you just, all of a, like not all of a sudden, because there's a lot of stuff that has happened, but there can be a solution to this and not just like end up breaking up. Like just, I think you should have a serious conversation and try to work through it. Um, try to get past that because it, I think there could be an easy fix if he truly does love her and want to make it work. Right, but she did try to have a talk, and all he does is get mad at her, and he blames her. He well, then have nasty. another serious conversation about that. Okay, and if that service, if that serious conversation doesn't work, then what do you do? Then it's time to think. Go back to the drawing board, and it might be time to end the relationship. Or... Oh, okay. Oh, masterful wizard of Oz, what do you got? Well. I'd like to add, so the ideal outcome for him to realize I am the one sacrificing everything so we can be a family and for him to help out more and make me feel wanted again. Additional info, I love him and he is a great dad. When I feel okay, we're good. Things are great. I want to make our family work, but my mental health is hurting. I absolutely will not do split custody because he won't wake up when the baby's crying. So he will be left to cry it out and he will be put in daycare when he is with him which I will not allow. Um, I mean, we're kind of at a fork in the road where something's got to give. Mm -hmm. Whether, I mean, either he steps up or he's out because he's basically out already. And maybe he's in love with his friend. Who knows? I don't know a friend that when I have a, a you know, girlfriend and baby at home that I'm going to go get three hour haircuts, go out of town with and go for long drives with. And it certainly I mean, sounds fishy to me. It's just like, he's not going out with friends. It's like one friend, but either way, it's kind of doesn't matter for he's the situation. He's escaping the exactly. situation. And so, that, that's, that's what I see. No matter what he's doing during that time, he's escaping the situation. Well, and the thing that sucks is like, when I feel okay, we're good and things are great. Well, yeah, because he can just keep doing whatever he wants and he doesn't have to deal with an argument with you. He's not taking on any responsibility. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this time and time again through this show, but I I think, yeah, like Taylor said, really give it one more go to where it's like 
it's all or nothing more mm -hmm. instead of like, we need to fix this and do better. It's more like, hey, if this doesn't change, I'm out. Dual parent, I mean, go live on your own. We're not, we're not, a, we're not a partnership. I mean, this does take some tough love. How old is this guy? 23, 23. and she's 21. So they're young. They're young. So he could just be at a point in his life where he's not ready to give up that of freedom. Course. And, of course. And he's acting out. Yeah. You know, Taylor, you, I, I know that you've been in love. Um, and, I, and, and I'm going to use you as a little guinea Thanks, pig Thanks, I appreciate it. It's like I, in the cartoon where the spotlight just... <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. love it. So, you know, and, you know, when things break up and things kind of go on pause, you have a lot of time to think, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And giving him that, 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 that direction for a while might be, give him enough time that where he can really think what's important to him when you're not around and really decide if he wants to make this work or not work. And he may need that. So I mean, the motivation needs to come from within. It does. Because otherwise you're going to become his mom and that's not good for that anybody. That is not good. And, and then you'll and, have two kids. Yeah. And and he <laughs> said, I don't want you to be, you know, to be that, take that position. I don't want to fight with you. Or I don't want this. I don't want you telling me what to do. And yep. You know, then step up and do something. Then don't tell him what to do. Just tell him to get out. And yeah. If you, if you figure it out in time, let's see where we can go from there. But right now we are not a couple. And you don't have to worry about coming home to me. You can hang out with your friends all night long and you can, and all week long or wherever you want to hang out. Cause I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to think about it. I'm going to go do my own. I'm going to, we'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, oh by the way, don't, for, don't worry. You'll still get hit for child support. <laughs> well, yeah. And the, <laughs> that's the state. I think one of the main things she's hinging on is I absolutely like do not want to do split custody because mm -hmm. she doesn't trust him to take care of the right. kid. So I don't know, you know, state by state or wherever you're from, what the laws say or how much of like he said, she said, when you go in to do this right. custody battle, or if he's just like, fine, take full custody, you know, that I don't, I, I don't know the legality around that. If he is the reason her mental health is declining, then ultimately she has to make the decision that she has to go. Like your mental health is really all you have and you got to do what's best for you. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. You and your kid. Yeah. At this point. What number are we going to now? I believe that would be number four. And now we are a number four. Yeah. Let's do four. Number four. I found out my dad abandoned a previous family. Hi, Morgan, Jerry, Justin, and Taylor. That wasn't written in there. I don't know if I'm supposed to write the story here or you'll contact me after. I'm currently seeking a therapist for this matter, but I'm stuck in a hole and would appreciate your advice on how to proceed. In short, I found out my dad used to be a part of a family of five before he married my mom and before he had me. I'm in a state of shock and don't know what to do with this information. I'm sorry if this comes out too long. It is a complicated story. When I was little, I remember a friend of my dad's coming over every few months. My sister and I adored him. I remember him really well. We would introduce him as my dad's friend to family and friends, and he would be invited to bigger family events. A few years later, we were told he wasn't actually a friend. My dad had married his ex years before meeting my mom and had a son. We'll call him Carl. The last time I saw Carl was around seven years old. To this day, I don't know his age, 
where he lives or what he does. I overheard once that he got married, but my dad wasn't invited. For context, my dad doesn't talk about feelings or anything personal or emotional. It gets him uncomfortable and creates a very aggressive environment. The time I've asked about him, I've had no real response. I've spent years of my life just questioning and wondering, did Carl feel abandoned? Did he feel neglected and decided to cut us out of his life? I can't imagine what that feels like. I assume that being presented as a friend has a lot to do with my mom's family being really religious and judgmental. A few days ago, something clicked inside of me and I started a deep dive. I searched social media, ancestry, my heritage, etc. But I couldn't find anything. The most recent info I found is Carl's Facebook page from 2015. I figured out my dad's ex-wife's name and I began looking for people in common, people with her last name, people who know my brother, etc., I was just interested in finding him. I stumbled upon two women's profiles. They're my dad's daughters. Adding up the numbers, they are around 40 to 50, married with children. I tried to make it rational in my brain, so I searched through my dad's things at home. I found a family picture of the five of them. I found a photo of a baby signed by the oldest girl. That baby is now 30 plus. I just can't believe this is my dad. I just can't believe he spent 20 years lying. I can't wrap my head around him abandoning his family and pretending like they don't exist. Why do I only know Carl? Why is everything else a secret? Why wouldn't he tell me? Why did Carl disappear from my life? I feel like I'm watching a really weird movie. So I guess my question is, what do I do with this information? I don't want to put it all on my sister's shoulders until I decide, but it's feeling really heavy. I didn't really have a plan in case I did find my older brother, but this is just beyond me. And does my mother know? I can believe she's had a big part in the line from the beginning. I'm not mad. I'm hurt. I just feel sad and hurt. And I think she feels sad and not hurt not only for herself, but for them. Well, I, the last line here mm-hmm. is, I've shared a roof for 25 years and I don't even know these people. Right. So... This is like from a movie. <laughs> what you, would you do if you found out? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? Nothing. What? I just don't think like, I mean, he should have shared this information, obviously. I don't know if that's what she's hurt by most of all that he didn't share. But wouldn't you look at your dad differently? Like, wouldn't you look at him as like kind of a monster or just like a very detached person for just being able to walk away from a whole nother family other kids. So he abandoned, you know, three other kids. So let's let's talk it's about a that. Lot. A let's talk about that a moment. Do you think that he may have a reason, or there is no excuse? That's what I'm saying. You just we don't. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know all, I, all asking, other information. Yeah, I'm asking Morgan now. Do you think there's no excuse, or do you think he could possibly I, have a reason to explain this behavior? I don't think there is a justifiable reason to abandon your three children. No matter if there five was children. family of five, oh. wife, oh, dad, okay. three, three kids. I'm sorry, three kids. So I don't think there's a justifiable reason. I don't care if the wife had an affair. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they didn't, you know, work out. Maybe he had the affair. Uh, maybe uh, he felt I, ashamed. I'm not and maybe they, the wife pushed him away. I'm I do saying. not think no matter what, there is a justifiable reason to abandon three children. I agree with you. I don't disagree with you. That being said... 
Look, the reason why the guy gets, you can't have a conversation, the guy has a lot of guilt, obviously, inside him, or he would actually maybe talk, but because of the guilt, he has no explanation. He can't even forgive himself. Now that, I'm, maybe, out, of an, I'm, out, of, I'm out of an analyst, but that's the way I read it. Maybe, or maybe he really just didn't care and said, so, ah, moving on, I got a new so wife. So my next question, do you think that she should confront him and just say, dad, can you explain this to me? Yeah. Start I think there. that's I Start think, there. But based on the writing, I think that's going to be very difficult. Start, but do you start there still? You could, yeah, but it's it's hard because my dad doesn't talk about feelings or anything emotional or personal. Okay, it now, gets him uncomfortable and creates a very aggressive environment. So let's let's just take this step by step. So she, we're giving her a plan step mm -hmm. by step. Mm -hmm. Step one: confront dad, see what what his behavior is. Step two: either he helps solve the problem, the puzzle. And if he doesn't, your step two is if you feel that you have siblings and you want to know them, that you understand the man that you just left, but you also can go say, I have nothing to do with that behavior and you are my sibling and I'm shocked by it. And I definitely want to know who my siblings are. Mm -hmm. Now, is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. I, I, it's the truth. I think honestly, you might get to a point based on these conversations. Like I would go from talking to your dad mm -hmm. and then talking to your mom. Maybe you talk to them together, but depending on the answers you get, you might not feel great having a relationship with your parents like you previously had. And you might grow to get closer with your siblings. And I mean, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of like possibility. So this is, it's really tough, but I think you can tell your sister because our writer does, you know, have a sister from her mom and her dad's mm -hmm. marriage. So I definitely think you can open up to your sister and, and share this. Like mm -hmm. it is heavy, but if I found out something about our parents, you'd want to know, you wouldn't mind me I've telling you. I've always said the truth the truth prevails. Uh, you probably not, but I don't know if I'd go seek out all the information. But you would appreciate me telling you. Yeah. You would uh, want to know. You would want to not be kept in the dark. Yeah. I don't know. I just think some things are just meant not to. Come on. If you found out that you had other siblings out there, you wouldn't be curious at all. You wouldn't want to want to know them. If our mom tomorrow said, you know, I have this other kid, you know, I wouldn't go seeking out. Taylor's just an odd one because I would be so curious. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I like the way my life is. <laughs> no more siblings for me. I already, I already have three other ones, and if there any more show up, sure, why not? <laughs> it's a lot of work. This is tough, though. I, I definitely think you need to open up to your your sibling. I, I think this is a big deal that your dad lied about it, but. I don't think it's, you know, an unreasonable burden or um, too big of a secret to not tell your sister. It's it's going to come out. So why not have her hear it from you? Hey, do you remember Carl? Carl was actually our brother. You You knew that, right? Well, I went online and I think we actually have two sisters too. What should we do? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to confront dad. Go talk to your dad. And then proceed from there. Talk to a so. therapist. You know, don't let this 
get to you too much, but. And I think with your expectation, if you do confront the siblings, that you got to give them, cut them a lot of slack because obviously they're in a lot of pain that they grew up. You know, even though they may, their mother may have remarried somebody and had a wonderful life, you know, this guy who abandoned them, it's not going to be pretty. No, and I don't know if you necessarily need to confront them. Like, dad, you confront. Yeah. Like, dad's the one that's been dishonest. Yeah, but what happens if she wants to know, beat them? I don't like the word confront. You just got to reach out to them. Okay. It's just a casual reach out. Weird to call, call it casual. Call it like, what you Like, hey, we're siblings. Call it what you want. But like, they're, hi. There's gonna there's gonna be some there's gonna be some emotion there and just be ready. There for will, it. and you might not get a response from them. They might be so hurt that they don't respond to you at all. That could be the reality, but you outreach and you see what you can find out. You know, your mom went through something very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Differently, but similar. Yeah. Where she your dad left, or their grandfather your grandfather left. And he found another family and he raised the other family and he pretty much forgot his family back in, 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 in Minnesota. Yeah, and she your was mom, very abandoned. Your mom was affected for years. And then when she had to go out and meet them, when they finally reconnected, I think she was 16. And that's where I get my, it can be better not knowing because our mom was so hurt that their dad had that connection with those kids and not them. And then she kind of saw like, the tree is like, oh, he's doing this for them and then, but he doesn't do that for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's there, hard. There, there, there is emotion. So be, be prepared for a lot of emotion. And if you need to, you know, talk to your, your, you know, your, your counselor or your doctor regarding that first, your therapist, be prepared for it. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. And, and how to, and how to deal with their emotion and your emotion. Yeah. I think therapy is non-negotiable for you. I'm really happy that you're taking that initiative on your own. Um, Therapy is so valuable. It's crucial. So rely on your therapist and don't overwhelm yourself. Don't take on more than you can handle emotionally and mentally because you don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. If you want to, you can. But just because you find out information doesn't mean you need to act on it. You could be like Taylor. You could just be like, I'm good. You know, they haven't reached out to me and it it could be a two-way street. So you just proceed with what feels you right. You just never know until you, you're there. Yeah, definitely. All right. We're going for number five. Yeah. Number five. Let's go. Number five. Number five. Hello, everyone. I am a big fan of all your podcasts. I'm looking forward to the Midwest Married Show too. I'm writing because I honestly don't know what to do. I feel frozen and stuck. I, female 36, and my husband, male 36, have been married for 13 years. We have four children, a beautiful house, and a wonderful community. I love my life with my kids and myself. My husband is a disabled veteran who struggles with mental health issues. He has been diagnosed with a dozen different mental illnesses, but most of them don't really fit. VA care isn't exactly the best. He has tried medications and years of talk therapy. Regardless of the root of the problem, the life-changing symptom is anger. He has never physically hurt me or the kids, but the way he speaks to us daily crushes me. Screaming insults at us, calling the kids names like asshole and fucker, 
telling the children how miserable they make life and how horrible they are to live with. I feel so much pain for them. He uses every curse word in the book at them and with them daily. He always thinks the worst of them. He dismisses them and antagonizes them, calling the babies liars and animals. The boys are nine, eight, and six and a half. They are not babies. We also have a two-year-old daughter, but he doesn't harass her yet. But they are children. His behavior and language now comes out of their mouths. I homeschool them, always have, and we have a great working relationship and a wonderful community. The thing is, he is so desperately depressed. His work schedule is erratic. He works mainly from home, which means the kids and I have no escape. He rags on them all day, every day. It was not always like this. The man I married didn't insult everyone around him all of the time. He feels remorseful and apologizes to us often. He labels himself as a shitty human slash dad slash husband, which isn't untrue, but hard to hear. He often makes remarks about how our lives would be better without him or if he did just not exist anymore. He has no family relationships I can call on. He is estranged from everyone except his father with whom he is cordial. Please tell me if I should take my kids and go. They mean everything to me, and the idea of sharing custody destroys me, but I also want them to be healthy and have healthy relationships. I want them to have good self-images. I am scared for their mental health. Kick us off, Taylor. Yeah, I think you gotta run. Um, You gotta do what's best for your kids, and it's not a healthy environment. I've been around this and I know it can affect you and you can be scared for what's going to happen. Like these kids are probably scared for their mom as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you need to do what's best for your kids because at the end of the day, they are the most important in this situation. And I think you just got to get them out of there to know they're going to be okay and you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is something you can really relate to. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously you don't have to share if you're not comfortable sharing, but you did witness some abuse yeah and how do you feel that affected you like you saw it from a young age I mean the oldest is now nine and you were probably around that age when it really when it really started a lot of verbal abuse and then you know as you got older it it might have gotten a little worse but you wouldn't believe it but I think it showed me more positive on a positive aspect because it showed me not how to treat a woman what not to do um, and I I saw that and I just said I never want to be like that ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And if I ever got to that point, I would put, give myself out of the situation because no one in this world deserves to be treated that way. Do you feel like it did put a lot of pressure on you, though, as a kid? Like kind of like you had to step up and protect your mom? And In that specific situation, it did because I had to get in the middle of it. Because mm-hmm. if I wasn't there, who knows what would have yeah, happened. It's scary. But I think it's. I think you said it best, like, this is no longer healthy, mm. and this is not what four kids deserve to be raised in. I, this is really, really going to shape them. I mean, being called a fucker, an asshole at that age by your parents, and you're miserable, you make life terrible. These kids need therapy immediately. They, they all do. They all do, but mm-hmm. these are very young, impressionable little Absolutely. humans that don't have coping strategies instilled in them instantly. I agree. And this could shape 
the rest of their lives. You you and I would never tell anybody to stay in a relationship where there was abuse. No. Doesn't matter what 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 the uh, the other circumstances are. We would say abuse out of there for health. Yeah. So, you know, we're 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 all cons- you know, thinking about the kids at this point in time. And what does she do? She's got a family and all the you know, it, it's sad that the the vet doesn't come in and really uh, help people with that's going through this. And we don't know if it's only, look, I, I strongly believe that war turns people into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I witnessed it with my dad. I mean, he could have a brain injury from, and we just don't know what's really gone we on. Don't, but, so. but, but, but let me finish a second. I know what Taylor experienced and how he responded to it was the same way I w- what happened to my family with my dad. And I said, I will never be, have a family where there's yelling and screaming and this, and this abuse going on. And that's the way we reacted to it. Yeah. You guys both took on the, like, I'm going to go the opposite. The opposite way. Yeah. However, not every, not everybody puts those wires together. Some people act like this. This is is what they see. This is how they will act. And I mean, her kids, as she said, are starting to, so the plan that I think that you that we all agree on that I think that is at least my, my thought is first you definitely have to have a conversation that for the preservation of our family and our children we must not be together and while we're gone I think that if you'll go seek some assistance wherever even if on the private sector we have to you have to do something to to change the behavior because life is not going to continue this way. Yeah. At least not at least not in the household where these kids are raised daily. If I read this as a Reddit story, I would say this person needs to get the fuck out of there. They mm. need to run. This is not healthy. This is getting dangerous. Mm-hmm. Your kids are in danger. Maybe not physically, but emotionally, emotionally, and, mentally, and their, and their life, their their life with their families in the future and their children everything is all everything. In I mean, this could lead to a road where one of your kids doesn't value their own life and they take themselves out of this world. You don't know what this can do to someone's brain during such crucial developmental stages. And the, you it, need to get out. And the and the sad thing is, you can't control what happens with your husband. And their father, once you do do this, no, he's but a, there's they can't control that. But you can certainly try to make sure he implements the things that will get him safe and get him help. But you can't be there in the middle of all this. No, but this might be a wake up call. I mean, this mm-hmm. could be a wake up call for him that I got to change. Something drastic needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of clinical trials out there for treating depression. Deep brain stimulation is mm-hmm. one that I've come across lately, and. It's been life-changing mm-hmm. for many, many people. They go in your brain. They assert, insert a little electrode deep into it. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it for Parkinson's, depressions, all of these things. And it can be life-changing. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is time he goes, you know, off script a little and tries something experimental. But this might be a wake-up call for him, too, that this behavior is no longer acceptable. I agree. But... I'm it so- sucks. It, I'm sorry it sucks for your and family and what they're going yeah. through, but you know, we all get our challenges in life, and we can't. You know, it's not like we get a menu and saying, "Oh well, I'll take that challenge, and I'll take the B challenge, but mm-hmm. I'll take the C challenge with a little mustard and ketchup on it." We can put a pickle on the side. It doesn't work that way. We get our challenges, you know, just 
dumped on us. I and also do feel for her though, because not only is she in this situation, but she probably does have some love for this guy. Absolutely. And so she's battling, oh, I don't want to leave him. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make this work. And I just, that's a, it's just a mental battle that you have to go through and it's really sad. And Absolutely. That doesn't disappear overnight. Yeah. And, by, and by the way, this might be the way to make it work. It could very could be. well be the way to make it work. Because if he has any love for her too, he's going to have to make some choices and decisions on getting some assistance where they can make their life better and solve this issue. I agree. I think it could be a wake up call and like yeah. just getting some distance. Like you don't need to you know, move five states away. You mm-hmm. could get your own, you know, well, you have the kids and you homeschool. So honestly, maybe he gets an apartment. Mm-hmm. I, I just think some space could provide some clarity and create healthier environments for everyone. This is a tough situation. Again, we feel mm-hmm. for you, That's but I think point, you have to, you have to make them, you got to get off the dime and take a direction that number one is going to preserve the safety of your kids. Mm-hmm. That's number one. That 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 you are their voice. You're their advocate, and that's your job at this point. So. They don't have a lot of autonomy to just get up and leave the situation at nine, eight, six and a half. So do this it's, number one, and, yeah. and then have the talk with him on a positive level, and maybe something can be saved. We're not telling you not to try to save your marriage. We're just trying to tell you to save your children right now, and yeah. see what else follows along with that path. Yes, and make sure if you can, you know, afford it and things like that. I would get yourself some therapy. You know, you're dealing with a lot. Um, You're not only dealing with this, but you're homeschooled. Like you have no escape. It's hitting you from every side. So please make sure you're looking after yourself and talking to someone because that is really important too. Okay. Well, I think that's the show for us tonight. That's the show. And we hope that you'll join us in what uh, Justin favorably calls the backyard where we do our Patreon. (laughs) Yeah. We had a great Patreon this week. We actually went on for, I think- uh, close to three hours. It was. It was basically three hours. And it was a wonderful, wonderful one. And I truly mm-hmm. am glad we did it. And it was exactly why we're here to do this. So yep. we look forward to one in, I guess, another four weeks or three yes. weeks, whatever Maybe three. That will be. Maybe three. We'll see. And sometime we do in have, March. And I will tell you that Morgan, Too Hot Takes, got some, has some wonderful live shows coming up and i do believe oh my god you're giving me some promotion yeah. on your show well, only because <laughs> fa- cuz father knows is going to drop in on a couple of mm. them i don't know what shows i'll be at but i'm definitely looking forward to to popping into a few of them so that's it's it it's going to be good justin taylor morgan holly is not here tonight no but i really enjoyed being with my kids and it makes me very happy and very proud yeah. So, um, yeah, this is good. This is like little, we're expanding Taylor's horizon every episode. I replaced Holly. That's all it is. Yeah. No, ho- you're, you're better than Holly. Yeah. You can actually talk <laughs> and you don't pee on my couch or carpet <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Yes. And I'm very proud of him. He's marvelous in his knowledge of, of football and, and the teams that are out there in the N- N- NHL and also on the college leagues. He watches everybody. He sure does. So he's got a talent uh, down that direction that's just way beyond. <laughs> that's all I can tell you. So we love you all. Thanks for sh- thanks for sharing with us uh, your life and allowing us to share our lives with you. So have a great week. Bye.